Welcome to Let Go, Lean In, my podcast designed with transformational leaders like you in mind. I'm Lise Lewis, your transformational leadership coach. In each episode, you'll find help growing awareness of your mindset as a leader, be equipped with a tool to let go of unrealistic expectations and self-limiting beliefs that get in the way of your one precious life. My goal is for you to thrive as you lean in toward the leadership call God has put on your life. Join me and other leaders as we let go and lean in together. Well, welcome uh, once again to Let Go Lean In podcast. I am so thrilled today to get to introduce you to, in my real life, dear friend, Sue Donaldson. And Sue and I go way back to where our, uh, well, her youngest wasn't even born yet. So that's, that's a few years In any case, I'm excited that today Sue is going to share her journey with leadership and what her passion and purpose have really kind of been summarized to be and focused. Boy, what I love about what you're doing, Sue, is how focused you are. That for, you know, an Enneagram 7 is not an easy task. So speaking from how I'm focused, that would make you feel good. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So thank you for taking time out of your day to, you know, get to be interviewed here. I want to introduce our listeners to you by sharing your bio and some of your accomplishments. So I'm gonna just launch right in. Sue Donaldson, that's who I'm speaking about. Speaker, author, podcaster, Sue Donaldson and her husband, Mark, live in San Luis Obispo, California. Sue taught high school English, part of the time in Brazil with Wycliffe Bible Translators. She and her husband, Mark, have raised three daughters who keep them at the bank and on their knees. Sue loves connecting people to one another, to God and to his word and has been speaking for the last 20 years or so with long pauses for babies, diapers, and soccer pasta parties. She blogs at Welcome Heart, Knowing and Showing the Heart of God, and hosts a weekly podcast, Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life. Sue has written four books, Come to My Table, God's Hospitality and Yours, Hospitality 101, Lessons from the Ultimate Host, a 12-week Bible study, table mentoring, a simple guide to coming alongside, and say something special, 252 conversation starters, the ultimate guide to stimulating table talk. Now that in and of itself, 252 conversation starters, buckle your seatbelts, everybody, because this woman knows how to get talking. And I have to be careful because I'm interviewing her. It's likely she'll be asking me questions if I'm not paying attention. So once again, welcome, Sue. Thanks for joining us here today. Thank you so much, Lisa. It's a privilege to be here. Uh, You're you're, um, not only a friend, but a woman I admire. I always feel like I get free coaching whenever we take a walk around the neighborhood. And I can just be my total self with you and vice versa. And you ask me really great questions. And I want to ask you, why did you start this podcast? 
See, see, what did I tell you? She's interviewing my nature. <laughs> and that is a beautiful thing about curiosity. We just want to know. And it's a sincere question. And I started this podcast because I felt very passionate about helping women see the call of leadership that God has given each one of us. And to be a leader, we don't have to have a title as leader. We can be leaders in our home alongside our spouse, or maybe if we're called there in singleness because of circumstances outside of our control, it could be that we are in a work situation where leadership is a primary part of it. But every one of us has an aspect of leadership because we're created in the image of God. So that's why I started it to get that message out. So thanks for asking. Yeah. Speaking of asking, I, I know that you know this, but I love to hear a story about leadership because to me, that call that I just talked about really starts to emerge a lot earlier than women often think about. And so just wondering what you might recall and what time in your life a, a leadership story that started to emerge in your mind. It's like, oh, I might be a leader. Yeah, I love it because we we live our stories. And then when we're older, we can reflect back, I think, and say, oh, that that's what was what was happening. And so with this question, when did I first feel like or had some awareness of leadership um, was in high school, I was the social chairman for our very small youth group at our Baptist church. And um, now I see it because I was an extrovert and I liked to party and I liked connecting people. And of course, now my biggest part of my ministry is hospitality. But to be social chairman, when I tell that to people, they go, well, of course you were, but it's never an of course. As you know, that's never yeah. an of course. It's just that you step into it, you enjoy it, you, you flourish, you make mistakes, you fail, you get up and you do it better the next time. And so that was, you know, mid-teens. But I was basically kind of shy at high, in high school at my school because I didn't have any Christian friends mm. there because we went to church in a different town. And it wasn't until I became more mature, like my senior year, where I didn't really care as much what people thought. You know, as you get older, you think, oh, it doesn't really matter. And then when I got, went to a very small Christian college, I had three different professors who saw something in me that I was not aware of. Mm. It, it really uh, goes to the point of uh, a leader or a teacher in your life, even if it's not a professional teacher or a professor, but maybe just someone at church who says, you know, Lisa, I see this in you. And then you go, really? As you step into something. And so I had one was in music. And so he would have me give my testimony. I was scared to death, yeah. but that gave me stage presence. Mm -hmm. And also I started soloing. I mean, I remember my parents being so petrified coming to hear me sing. I thought, well, I was petrified too. You know, you just sort of walk to the microphone and hope something will come out. <laughs> and then that gives you experience. And then that was my main thing for years is that I was singing solos and I haven't done that for a while. But um, I was just thinking about that the other day. I, I do it in the shower. But uh, <laughs> But that gives you experience and it's a certain form of leadership because people look up to you when you're on the stage, not always for good reasons, but if, if God has given you a stage, you, God has given you a stage, Lisa, in so many ways and me as well, uh, we better be who God wants us to be because we're sort of responsible. 
people are looking and we disciple them basically in a, in a sort of off chance way when they look at us and they go, I don't want them to become like me. I want them to trust God like they should. Yes. You, you see that? And there's a difference. And, um, mm. but you're still growing up through college. And then another teacher thought I was pretty smart. And I didn't think I was that smart, but she just really poured into me. And then I became a high school teacher. And when you are a high school teacher of ninth grade remedial readers and you don't know what you're doing, you either lead or you die. And, uh, and so I had to fake it. I had to fake, Mm. totally fake my self-assurance and confidence to the point where later when I did have confidence, I taught freshman English, excuse me. Um, two years later, this young gal, she was a junior by this time. And I just loved her Carol Gallette. And she said, Miss Moore, I used to get not uh, sick to my stomach thinking of coming to your class because I was so afraid of you. I go, really? I was afraid of you. Uh, you just you're, it is something to be said for fake it till you make it because yeah. you don't want you don't in fact women I'm speaking to you if you're teaching a bible study or you're you're called to do something you don't get up there and apologize you mm-hmm. just go in the strength of the lord and then you realize oh god helped me because if you deflect from god by saying i'm sorry you you asked me to speak that will get their mind off the real message so right. never apologize just fake it till you make it and then guess what as soon as I became confident in being a high school teacher, he asked me to do something else that was hard. You know, I went to Brazil or right. I was single till I was 35. There's, God is always asking us to grow up in our faith. Mm. And that is leadership right there. Yes. <clears throat> Sorry for my cough. Oh, you know, I, I'm so glad that you said that, that God is calling us to grow up in our faith because this for me is a big piece of leadership is learning to lead yourself well and good leaders are good followers. And so in our relationship with God to be following him and he asks us to, to step out in a new direction and go teach in Brazil, (laughs) you you can either say, uh, no, thanks. I'm going to stay here. I'm comfortable. Or you can trust and follow, which is a form of leadership because you're leading yourself as you follow him. So we heard uh, when I was with Wycliffe, the, the then director was Bernie May and he gave a talk, to, kind of like a pep talk to all of us trainees. And he said, take risks for God. But in my mind, I thought the real risk is not taking the risk for God because mm. then you miss out on knowing God better. I mean, I didn't go up and tell him, no, Bernie, you should say it this way because what he was saying was true as well. But I've just never forgotten that, that uh, when we say yes to God at salvation, that's only the beginning of a huge adventure. Your whole life is an adventure. That's right. When you say yes. Now, you always say yes to God, but do you always say yes to someone who says, would you go do this next week for me, Sue? And I say, let me let me check with the big yes person, <laughs> my husband and God yeah. and myself, because I have to lead myself well. One part of leading ourselves well, Lisa, and you know, this is the sacred no. Yes. So no, say no. And to guard your, I, I was just telling a story how I was asked to do something last week in writing. And I thought, I really can't do that with everything else I'm doing. And it was hard to say no, because I like to say yes. Right. But I think that's the way we lead others by saying, you know what, you don't have to do it all. <clears throat> yeah. Isn't that true in your life as well, Lisa? 
Well, and it is in learning to say that sacred no, you know, it's Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no, no. And so knowing, first of all, what your assignment is and learning to stay in your lane, and not get distracted by the shiny invitation over here and the one over there or this opportunity, all those things. And you and I both resonate with that. We have been... Uh, encouragements to each other to say no at different times. Like, does that really stick with where you're supposed to be? Uh, that is so vital, by the way, on a side note, for all of us to have someone in our lives that can help us stay the course. So that I always call people like you, Sue, Jesus with skin on, to remind me, eh, that's not where you need to go. And to look on the other side of that, Lisa, because <clears throat> it is a great discussion, is um, in Wycliffe as well, we were told that sometimes something may not be your even your spiritual gift, but you need to fill in right then as an emergency help. So it doesn't mean we selfishly say, no, that's not my gift, so I'm not going to do it. Right. You really, it's every day we wake up and we say, Lord, today <clears throat> I'm yours again. Guess what? You get me again, Lord. And I get you. And um, so what is it? Who who do you want me to minister to today? And it may not be on my to-do list. I didn't know I was going to see that person. Right. I didn't want to be making soup for someone whose wife just died. I didn't know. So maybe nothing else got down on my to-do list. But I still felt like I had led myself well because I had told God from the beginning that the day was his. Does that make sense? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think to your point... It's uh, not prescriptive to always say no or always say yes to a particular thing, right? It needs to be listening in the moments and recognizing I'm supposed to go over here and do this instead of what was on my to-do list because there's a need and emergency help, like you said. So. Well, that's a terrific segue into your next question, which... <laughs> think is um what is my leadership tool and I thought I had to get a second <laughs> so I uh look forward to you all being able to watch the video of this because here is Sue leading me in this interview I love it your question was Lisa what is your leadership tool is that right it's actually can you think of a tool that you use on the regular that has been helpful to you in leadership in some way that you would want to share with others. Or conversely, don't waste your time on this. I've tried this and that didn't work. So, well, this will work. So I don't have to worry about you wasting your time. But I mean, I'm not sure it'll work for everybody, but it has helped me immensely. <clears throat> it's not original with me. I can't remember. But my sister in law told me about years ago when my children were, were little, she said, Sue, Oh, Emily Barnes, she brought, she started it, but I've sort of put my own take on it. Put your quiet time materials in a basket with a handle. I go, why? She goes, well, because when the kids come and interrupt you, which they do, <clears throat> you can pick it up easily and go to another room, like sit down on the floor of the bathroom, lock the door and have your quiet time. So I no longer, I have an empty nest for the most part. I have baskets everywhere though, but my main basket has my main tools and I call it, I call it retreat in a basket. Mm. So uh, every time I meet with God, it's a mini, mini, mini retreat. Yeah. And if I don't meet with him, then I'm not uh, leading myself well. Mm. Because yeah. it 
it uh, begins with him <clears throat> and ends with him. So by a basket, I mean, I like baskets. So this, I'm giving you an excuse to shop, go to Michael's. They always have them 50% off and <clears throat> get a pretty one. I keep it by my favorite chair that too changes, but right now it's plaid and uh, with the candle. And so in my basket would be a Bible or two, depending on what, <clears throat> what I'm reading right then. Sorry, it's just allergies. Um, uh, a devotional book or two. I usually, in the past, I pick up one however randomly I feel. This year I changed it, Lisa. Last year, uh, my daughter started reading Jesus Calling. I had never read it um, progressively like every day, but since she bought herself her own copy, I got an old copy and I read it every day for a year so that we could text each other and I could say, hey, what did you think of today's whatever? So it was a tool for me to connect with my adult daughters, of which I have three, by the way, <clears throat> pray for me. And so then, um, but then I thought, okay, I finished it for this year. It really blessed me a lot. Uh, I've been reading Utmost for His Highest. You and I both read that. I've been reading it since 1972. I have my original copy. That's why I know it's 72 before most of you were born. And I have notes in the margin, Lisa. They're basically a journal of my life. Even different boys I was dating, like, oops, that one didn't work. <laughs> Somehow that had to do with Utmost for His, uh, his Highest that day. Yeah. So I said, okay, I'm choosing Oswald this year. And I even bought a new journal, which I like to do, blank book at Office Max with lines, and it's called My Year with Oswald. So now every morning I have, I write down something that he said, if I liked it, or if it talked, if the Lord used it to teach me. Yeah. And then sometimes it goes on for a page and sometimes it's just a sentence or a prayer. Mm -hmm. So that's in my retreat basket. And then I have a, a journal, like I said, <clears throat> where um, I've been able to get things even for my podcast. I started writing prayers for quarantine because I thought this is, you know, this started last March, you know, and here it is almost March. Yeah. Well, by the time this goes out, it'd be past March. And so I <clears throat> started writing prayers for quarantine. I started writing notes on hospitality or mentoring or whatever God is speaking to me about. So I have a journal. And then um, I have always have a pen. If you have a pen that doesn't work, it can disrupt your whole day because you have to go, oh, you've forgotten what God's told you by the time you find a pen that works. Yep. And then you go over to the kitchen to get the pen. And then you go, oh, I forgot to defro defrost the beef for dinner. So then you go into the garage and then you go, why, why am I in, in the garage? Oh, I haven't finished putting away the Christmas decorations. Oh, I haven't cleaned the dog kennel. Oh, and, you know, and a half an hour later you go, oh, I'm still in my robe. I haven't finished my quiet time. And what was Oswald telling me? You know, so yeah. get a pen, <laughs> a very basic thing. Get a pen. I would say two. And um, I like to have a candle, a scented candle, because I'm into that. I like scented candles. To me, it's the fragrance of Christ. It's a reminder that Jesus helped me in the past. And I just like the ambiance. And matches. It's the same thing. If you don't have the matches, you get up and then you go, oh, what are we having? Scrambled eggs for dinner? I don't remember. You know, I am that bad. <laughs> so to have those things. And then something else Lisa, that has been fun for me is I put note cards in mind because when the I remember when a friend of mine was going through a divorce and I thought this is what I heard from the Lord that morning would be an encouragement to Katie mm. and I had a note card right there so I it makes me cry so I could just write a note of encouragement and then also have stamps because All you know, right there. no one writes notes anymore but uh, if you have the stamps and you have that <clears throat> yeah. I don't put my address book in my basket but you know the point is if you have things 
at hand. To me, that is a leadership tool. It's an organizational tool. Right. As you said, I'm a seven. So organization is like last on the list. But I get things done because of a few tools. And this is my favorite. And when I travel, I'll just pack maybe just two of those things. But it's, um, but I have it and I can take, pick it up and take it to another room when I have guests. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's my, I don't know if that's what you wanted. But that's oh, no, I'm that's doing. perfect. I don't have, there's no one right answer because we're all unique individuals. And I think that's part of the reason I wanted to ask this question is so that women can hear it. There isn't just one way to do this thing, this thing called life, this thing called leadership. And I think that it's good to, to hear an application of a tool. I remember one time you shared with me that you, you talked about having your note cards there and everything, but that's that you would put a pad of paper in there so that if you remembered something that you needed to do later, you just write it down and then you didn't have to think about, oh, I need to remember that when I get up from here, because then that's distracting you even while you're sitting there. So I thought that that was a brilliant aspect of your that's the thing I normally share. So thank you for reminding me because <clears throat> sometimes even this last week, I go, where is my to-do list? So I have to come into here by the computer. I left it here because I was going to go for my to-do list. So I am not the most organized person, but that list helps me because like you said, we put this distraction on the paper. I'll even have a list who to text, to email finish mm -hmm. like these questions for you i wrote this down but then guess what lisa it was on paper so i wouldn't have to worry about forgetting it yeah and then i could go back to the subject of hand uh one thing i've added to my i have a mentor Lori potratz and she's gotten me to start memorizing scripture so don't stop listening right now because i know that's very frightening to people and <laughs> i am the worst don't stop listening but she uh got me started maybe several years ago <clears throat> and um and I don't remember the things that she had me memorized, but I did memorize them for one time. And I realized I can only memorize up to 17 verses. That seems to be the, the, um, the stopping number for my brain. But right now I'm in John uh, 15, one through 17. And that has meant so much to me that I can't wait to really learn it well enough, not memorizing it so much, but learn it in my soul to start writing about it. And I know tons of books have been written about. You gave me one, Chasing Vines. Uh, about remaining in the vine, but it's been such a huge blessing to me just the last couple of weeks. Mm. And uh, the word never gets old. And when you're memorizing it, God brings it to mind when you can't sleep. In fact, I use it for sleeping pills if I can't sleep because I'm worried about one of the girls because when there's girls, there's always boys involved and there's always worries involved. And if you can't sleep, I'll just go back to um, John 15 and i just start saying those words you know i am the true vine my father is the gardener he cuts off all those who do not bear fruit while those who do ever fruit. he prunes i thought well boy you're not in good shape either way you get cut or you get pruned you know and i start thinking about that and uh what a blessing it is and guess what satan does not want me to memorize scripture so he'll let me go to sleep see, see. <laughs> Oh, but you're reviewing your verses as you're doing that. And, you know, My verses. so I do type out or print out the section and then I just have it there in my basket. <clears throat> That's what I'm going to say. I, I love that. I love that you're so intentional 
about the application of this tool. A lot of times we can talk about, you know, some organizational tool and I've used it and yada, yada. And we don't even really think about it anymore. It's become a part of what we do. And for you, you have used that as an illustration for many women to be able to recognize you could do this too. Mm-hmm. You, you can have something that you can move to another room when it gets too noisy or you have company and they're in the spare bedroom that you usually have your quiet time or whatever. And, and you're very intentional about the elements that yeah. are in your basket for all those really good reasons. You need the matches to light the candle and the stamps to put on the note card. So thanks for sharing that because that I think uh, I would imagine is an encouragement to our listeners because it makes it possible. Right. So many times we think, oh, well, that's beyond me. And, and it's not, you just need to be intentional about it. So. Well, excuse me, told me years ago that she heard from Howard Hendricks that you don't, as a speaker or a teacher, you don't give your audience uh, the inspiration without the application. And so I often talk about retreat in a basket in my retreat speaking because, well, for one thing, gives them an excuse to stop at Michael's on their way home from camp, but um, they get excited because it's something they can do. Just like what you Exactly, exactly. It's not out of reach. It is right. something that we can do. And speaking of things being in or out of reach, the the final question that I love to ask the the guests that come on this podcast is a definition. And the reason that I want your definition, not the dictionary definition, is back to what is within reach for this idea of what it means to thrive. As you know, my newsletter is Grow, Equip, Thrive. Grow an awareness, get the tools that you need so that you can thrive. So in your definition, what what does it mean to thrive? Well, the older I get, I see the most important thing for my own thriving is to be aware of how much God loves me. Mm. And I hope that doesn't sound trite, but I think with that awareness and also a self-awareness of your strengths and weaknesses. Um, Because when I know I'm forgiven, I can keep moving because we all make mistakes, we sin, we hurt people, hurt ourselves, um, make wrong decisions. But I truly believe that God has forgiven me and does continue to forgive me. I've had that for a long time, since a child. So I think that's probably the most important thing about Christianity to me is God's forgiveness. But even broader and bigger is the fact that he um, loves me and he has empowered me to live out a purposeful life Mm -hmm. so i feel very 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 privileged to be in partnership with him i think i in i was reflecting on some of these questions today lisa in preparation for talking with you and i thought in the past i mean even as an early um in my still in my parents home i knew i wanted to serve god with my whole heart he captured me at 15 
And I said, I would do anything except I was afraid of snakes. <laughs> and I'll tell you the snake stories the next time we talk. But yeah. um, I have felt more recently, not so much I'm here to serve God, which is a noble thing to say and do, but I'm here to partner with God and what a privilege that is. And mm -hmm. see, that can bring me to tears because no reason to use me. And, uh, but he's chosen to, at least for the next, what, five minutes I, as I have this breath. Yes. And um, when I speak on hospitality, I, I like to start off by telling the women, you don't have to go to seminary to have someone over for a cup of coffee. And you are fulfilling the Great Commission when you have someone over for, for a cup of coffee. It's yeah. like we don't even realize that the most commonplace things are made extraordinary because of who, who we serve, but also who serves alongside of us. And he continues to teach, continues to teach me things. I'm not even giving you a definition. I'm sorry, Lisa. As an English teacher, I should have given you a definition. But awareness of God's love, partnership with him. And then if you're sitting here um, listening today and you go, but I don't know what my purpose is. Well, God will show you to seek him. Mm -hmm. And if you want to email me or Lisa, we'll happy to help you. Lisa <laughs> coach you and I'll just feed you. And, um, and coach you. And, well, I'll listen to you because you find out what you really love doing. And guess what? That's what you should be doing. Right. I, when it says, I delight to do your will, it's because you really do delight to do his will. I love my life. I love my life. And when I don't love my life, I'm not thriving. Ah, there you go. And recognizing that privilege of partnering with God in the work that he's given you to do every day, whatever it is, right. to be reminding yourself, oh, we're doing this together. And, and that is true, no matter what it is that you're doing, whether it's taking soup to your recently widowed neighbor, I'm so sorry to hear that. And then, you know, praying for your girls in the middle of the night, whatever it is, you're not in and alone. And I think that recognizing that's a big aspect of what it means to thrive. To well, I think Christians can uh, feel like God is a hard taskmaster. Mm -hmm. And they've got the wrong view. You know, yeah. that parable where he didn't, he buried his talent. He had the wrong view of God. That's right. And uh, God gives us things in which we delight. We don't know. We may not delight every aspect. I mean, I didn't like changing diapers. You know, I was bored. But, <laughs> um, but God continued to give me new things to grow in. But I wanted to, I wish I could have memorized this, but this is the verse I'm on right now from John 15. I have told you this that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete yeah. well be complete sounds like it's a process right lisa we're in process and yeah. uh god's my joy is not complete every day but part of my thriving is learning to uh realize that god wants his joy in me and yeah. that when i'm all grumbly our sir our pastor preached such a great sermon yesterday about be humble don't grumble oh that sounds so trite but it's true. We feel so entitled that we can grumble about things and God has given us so much. Yeah. So thank you for this time, Lisa. I really appreciate it. Should I close it off? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Actually, I'm, a no. I'm a podcaster. I know how to do this, but yes. Thank you so much for having me. Did you want me to say anything else? <laughs>
Yes. I wanted to say thank you because you have dropped a lot of truth bombs for people to be able to go back and listen to. And for all of the listeners sake, I will have in the show notes, the ways to get in touch with Sue in case you need her encouragement and for her to feed you. So you can find your purpose in life. (laughs) (laughs) So you'll have ways to connect with her. And Sue is very generously going to be offering to our listeners a 50% off for her um, hospitality online course. This woman has done the work and you don't have to be afraid to have people in your home because she made it very accessible and simple. And so please, if this is an issue for you where you think it needs to be all perfect or whatever, I want you to know Sue will unpack that and make it accessible. And so please take advantage of her offer. And Mm -hmm. I am so grateful to have spent this time with you. And I just have to laugh that here you are going, okay, should I say, should we close this? (laughs) No, it's fine. And once again, thank you all for being here to hear this wonderful conversation with my friend, Sue Donaldson. Thank you all for being here today. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks so much for taking time to be with me today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please head over to iTunes and like, subscribe, and leave a review. I know this sounds like a shameless plug, but honestly, your actions on iTunes are the best way other leaders like yourself will find this podcast. I really appreciate it. I would also love to hear your thoughts about the podcast. Let me know what you learned or what you'd like to learn next. I'd like to invite you to go to letgoleaninpodcast.com and sign up for the newsletter there. Where it says learn more, you can sign up to get a monthly newsletter that I share just the information from each of the episodes that you might not have had the opportunity to go back and check out the show notes. There'll be the highlights, the links, and other pieces of information that are pertinent to the podcast, as well as go over to Instagram and follow Let Go Lean In Podcast over there, because I am starting to use that more frequently as a way to help you as a leader get to see some encouraging graphics and have a few posts each week to encourage you in your leadership. So again, Thank you for going over to uh, Apple Podcasts and liking and subscribing and reviewing this podcast, as well as signing up for the once a month at the end of the month resource recap newsletter for Let Go Lean In Podcast. See you next time.